Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, radio hotler. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Diabolical uh, um, technical um, goodies. Radio hotler. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, that'll be episode 69 of Radio Hotlap. <laughs> episode, episode 69, 20 off my lucky number. That means it's 39. No, 30. I can't do maths. Hello, JP. Welcome to the show. It's episode 39. 39, you Wally. 39. Southfields to London Bridge, I think. If I remember correctly. The old double-decker days. How you going? Good, mate. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. G'day, viewers. How Welcome, are you? viewers. Welcome to episode 39 of Radio Hot Lap. Here we are on October the 27th. Hogan! And a week away from our one-year anniversary. A week away? A week away. Radio Hot Lap. A week away. Where you enjoy a humorous moment with us and motorsport. And... Barbecues. Amazing and... technology. Gadgets. Sausage dogs. Sausage dogs. <laughs> Chips. Olives. Um, and roast pork tonight, viewers. Roast pork. Roast pork tonight. We're doing the roast pork again. We are, mate. Uh-huh. Welcome Very to Radio good. Hot Lab Headquarters. How are you this week? I'm good, thank you. Good. I'm not going to give you nothing this week. I'm just going to give you a bit. On the basis of that, I'm going to let you take over, but uh, just on a, on a social note, what's been going, before we get into it all, you yep. know, uh, what's been going on and what are, you having, what are you having to drink today? Well, I've got a nice Corona here with the obligatory uh, bit of lemon, because uh, obviously Johnny couldn't find any limes. Bit of lemon? Bit of lemon. Right. Thank you. I know, you are Stuck English. down the neck. And um, very pleasant it is too, I have to say. Goes very nice with a non-salty anchovy, I noticed. Yeah, not too bad with a non-salty anchovy, if you like non-salty anchovies. <laughs> but you see, my pommy upbringing and all that plain food just doesn't allow me to indulge in anchovies. They're just too fishy. Good. Mm. Well, it doesn't mean I don't like fish, though, viewers. I'm not having a Corona. Why aren't you having a Corona? No, because I had one before you got here, because you were a little bit late. You tonight, sneaky bugger. Okay. Yeah, well, I'll get into that in a minute. And... Um, I'm having a glass of Yalumba Y Series Pinot Gris. Oh, I'm a bit of a fan of the You've new gone Pinot. that way, haven't you? Hey? Huh. Pinot Gris, the French version, Grigio, the Italian. I mm. really like this stuff. Um, and it makes a nice change from Sav Blanc. I'm just going to put the iPod Blanc. down here. We're doing an iPod oh, mode again tonight. Yeah, we are. The iPod seems to give us a nice result. We get a little bit of ambient noise and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, yeah, it's good. Hello, and Russ. it saves all the setup time as well, to be honest. <laughs> if you John plays the here, and, you know, there you go. So, and here we are. Here we go. Right, well, so, chink, chink. Yeah, absolutely. So, tell me, how was your weekend in um, Brizzy? Mate, I wasn't actually going anywhere last weekend. It was the first weekend I was having off for, um, for quite a while. Um, but um, I had a phone call... Um, 
Thursday, uh, just the day after we had the show from, from Jack Ellsworth, and said, uh, look, we really need to go up and do another supercar test at Queensland Raceway. So, um, sure enough, off we went to, um, to Bris Vegas again. And it was lovely weather, as usual. And uh, <coughs> spent a bit of time with some, some friends up there, and it was, it was lovely. Mm, good for you. Well, I know the, the viewers, of course, he had to give me the obligatory phone call on, was it Saturday night or Sunday night you rang me? Saturday night. After tell me, I'd gone to the Breakfast Creek Hotel on the way back from the airport. And tell me that it was spot. 28 degrees up there. Yes, lovely. And it had been quite a nice day down here, but it hadn't been that bloody good for cross. It was already cold. <laughs> Mind you, I had the Weber going, viewers, and I used some of those gum chips I was telling you about in the last episode, and I have to say, our leg of lamb was deluxe. Only, the only way to describe it. As uh, mentioned on a previous episode, and I think last week's one, uh, only once that you've um, really messed up in, in, in the cooking departments and, and not blaming anyone other than yourself, it wasn't your fault. That's right. Of course not, because I didn't buy the meat. So You're going to have to forgive me a bit tonight, and viewers, I've, I've got a bit of a cough, and I don't know, it's just, it's just the dreaded lurgy's been going around, and I'm feeling a bit feeling a bit throaty. I probably shouldn't even be having a glass of wine. I reckon I should be having several. I was going to say, a uh, couple of glasses of scotch would probably fix that, wouldn't they? <laughs> well, if I had some yeah, left, well, we're if I had some left, but you know, I do have to have a uh, invisible flatmate that just drinks it. Is that right? Yes. Is that like all that red wine that disappeared and evaporated when you were away? That, that's of the same destination. Well, how about that? Gee, that's a bit tricky, isn't it? Got a couple of little munchies here tonight. You have. You got some delicious bloody black olives. Where are they from, mate? They're from a, a, a local shop called Batigo uh, Rotolo, and they're called El Bequino olives. The little El tiny Bequino, little black yeah. ones mm. here. And uh, you know, it took about three hours for him to actually package them. But anyway, <laughs> you know, they, they well, he's put plenty of tape on them. He did. Well, 125 grams, and it's four dollars thirty. But look, mate, they they got a lot of flavour. They're deluxe. They're lovely. And we've also got the Queen Green olives. Um, and they're from the huge same place. They are quite firm, and they're called Green olives. Green olives, firm and very bitey. But the anchovies I got, and I know this has got nothing to do with motorsport. Although I could bring a connection to fish oil in about non-rusting mufflers, you but could. I won't. Um, they're white anchovies, and you know, usually you don't see anchovies. They're in the jar, mm. or they're, you know, they're at the, at the shop, and they're very much encased in salt, like sardines. Yeah, these and that's were, how you get them on your pizza, and that's why people don't like them. On these pizza. were, uh, <laughs> these were very much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mm. JP's just had to lift the iPod to chuck the um, the olives olive into the uh, into the olive stand, the mm. olive uh, pit, which is a, effectively a sake cup that we've used. Like we just oh, well. innovative. Radio Hot Lap viewers. And, and teppanyaki and sake cups go together effectively indoor barbecues. And we'll have a little bit more of a chat about indoor barbecue techniques later idea. as it gets warmer and you don't want to go outside. <laughs> now listen, before we get anywhere else, viewers, and before we get on the motorsport, <clears throat> a funny thing happened to me on the way to the Radio Hot Lap studio tonight. I have to tell you. Johnny rang me late in the afternoon, said, I've got beer, we need a decent bottle of wine, and I'm doing that pork roast, and I want to do the mushroom sauce in the in the white cre- mushrooms in the white creamy sauce. Can you grab a small thing of cream? Yep, no worries. So on my way here, I whizzed into um, Gilbert Street, the IGA there. Yep, five star. And anybody, any of you viewers listening who lives in that area who were in there about uh, I don't know six o'clock, just before six o'clock tonight, seeing someone do a runner. No, didn't see someone do a runner, but funnier than that. I was just walking out, having paid for the little thing of cream, 
and there was a guy in front of me, I reckon he would have been probably late 50s, grey hair, glasses, and one of those little um, junior-sized backpacks that you, that you throw on your back, and he obviously had his worldly possessions and his wallet and whatnot in there. And I'm following him out from the cash registers before we've actually even got outside the store, and he's shoved his wallet back in this backpack, and as he's thrown this backpack on his back, this bit of paper's fluttered out of it. Well, viewers, I'm telling you, this girl was a contortionist, and there was legs akimbo and pink. That's all I'm telling. And it, it landed face up on the floor. <laughs> and I just looked down. Because <laughs> you think, oh, I'd better tell this guy that he's dropped this bit of paper. <laughs> and as it fluttered down and landed just like that on the floor, and I saw what the picture was of, I thought... I'm not picking that up. Someone might see me and think it's mine. <laughs> so I left it there and walked across it. <laughs> and I was parked outside. And there was heaps of people going in and out. No one wanted to pick it and up. And it was like candid camera. If I'd had a camera, people were walking in, looking down, looking surprised and horrified. And yeah, that's right. Maps and Tazzy, Kimbo. Yeah, it was hilarious. So I just sat there for five minutes watching people walking in and walking over it and going, oh my God. Dried pairs did and muscles. Did I just see what I thought I saw? Dried pairs and muscles. Oh, hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. So there you go. <laughs> so that's what happened to me on the way. Oh, and then the second thing that happened to me on the way here was driving into the bottle shop and uh, the Britannia Hotel, for those viewers who live in Adelaide, the Britannia Hotel right at the uh, the hairpin. Um, on uh, oh, the yeah, Kensington Road, that's right, right. Go down the end, yep. of, go down the straight through the uh, the nasty fast corner. Their bottle shop has got a special on um, Russet Ridge, and they've got bottles of 1997 and 1999 uh, Cab Merlot Shiraz for a mere 12.99 a bottle. That is pretty so good for a 97. But as we talked about last week, there's a huge glut of wine around and boy, we're spoiled down here. But I think everybody's spoiled in Australia. So there you go. So now let's get on to some motorsport. What do you reckon? I reckon you should go first. Well, I, you gave us nothing last week. All right, well, I'll give you nothing this week then. Um, okay, first up then, we should talk about... Viewers, if you can remember our uh, one of our really early shows, and if you can't, you need to go back and grab it, uh, when we reported live from the um, Classic Adelaide last year. Coming up and soon. I can't wait. That's going to be great. Yep, it's coming up real soon. Um, we were up at... Uh, I don't know, Cherry, not Cherry Gardens, oh, the road to Cherry Gardens, and right at the top of the hill there, and we bumped into all the drift guys sitting there, and Leighton Fine was there. That's right, Leighton Fine, the bush drifter, the, the reluctant bush drifter. Exactly, well, Leighton got bumped last weekend for the for the national drift title, apparently. Poor boy, his uh, Toyota Sprinter blew up after the first session, um, and then he was, he was loaned a car by... Um, Bolger, uh, not Jamie, I was going to say Jamie. Robbie. Yeah, Robbie. Robbie Bolger, um, his partner, or someone's, someone's race partner, had a spare car, uh, but it was a Nissan something or the other, and apparently he just could not get to grips with it and uh, ended up uh, getting bumped out in the preliminaries. And, uh, and Bolger and Yates went on uh, into oh, Yates, the final. Yeah. And uh, Yates, he won it. So uh, bad luck, Leighton, because we know you guys are listening. And uh, better luck next year. You know, it's funny that uh, Leighton Fine's a pretty, pretty good operator, but he, he chooses to use one of the older cars, and those sprinters, I remember, were running around Bathurst possibly almost 20 years ago, and the person I remember most who was punting the thing around there was probably John Faulkner. Yep, that'd probably be right, yeah. 
And there you yeah. go. Oh, it's a bloody long time ago, but apparently you can set them up really good as drift cars because I remember Greg telling me all about that one one barbecue. Well, that just goes on to show you that, like, some of the older cars, what do they call them, AE18s or AE20s or something like that? Is that right? Yeah, and, uh, well, maybe that's the engine. That's the engine, yeah. Okay, well, well, yeah. But anyway, yeah, they're they're quite uh, quite ancient, but they seem to be still effective, and that's, you know, the same old thing for for the old rotaries. They're still racing the old rotaries around uh, all over the place. Still plenty of those about. If you've got one in your garage, you've probably got more money than we have. Yeah. So oh, what you got it. Well, so so anyway, uh, you went up to uh, up to Queensland. Jack had a test. How'd he go? Well, you said getting that olive out of his mouth. You can put the pips in the right spot. I can. You bought another receptacle now. That's there you go. Um, no, he went real well. Uh, this was uh, a test at uh, Queensland Raceway uh, uh, with uh, with Paul Morris, and we had. Um, Alan Gers, a uh, uh, Jitsu car there, um, which is a, um, a VY car, which is effectively John Faulkner's old car. That's why I happen right. to be John Faulkner on the brain this week. <laughs> and he did um, did very well. Um, no mistakes at all, put in around about 40 laps. I'm not about to go into tell times publicly because I don't uh-huh. think that we need to be doing that. If you were there, then you would have had, had to stop watching what you were doing it and because obviously as we, as we work forward to... Um, um, putting things in place for Jack to be racing next year um, in the in the Fujitsu series. We need to keep a bit of a few things up our sleeve. But as you say, that he was it was very competitive, and Paul Morris was there, and we were overlaying data from his car onto Paul Morris's car, and things were looking extremely positive. Oh, um, no mistakes at all. Uh, James Small uh, also flew up um, and uh, dropped round to uh, to where I was staying in, in Brisbane in Paddington and then uh, we went out there and he put a few laps in as well and um, um, he was struggling a little bit with the gearbox um, uh, and to be fair you know that's uh, I think natural they're very very short gates there and um, you know if he's coming out of the ute it's only three, it's a five speed box and then you've got a six speed and like the positioning of the gear is actually different so when you think you're going into one gear you're actually going into a different gear right and like you go down the end of um you know, you go down the end of the chute there and you you, 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 know, you, you break and then turn in. You know, you want to get the, the gear right. <laughs> yes. And it's, it really is very easy to, to do. It's just simply time in the car. And, and But, uh, you know, credit to James. Well, he's, he's a very good steer. Um, uh, but uh, he got caught out a little bit later in the day. It wasn't, wasn't his fault as such. But uh, one of the wheels just, like, it didn't... It, it sheared all through the centre of the rim. And so uh, coming out of turn two, the car went off into the into the shrubs there, and it was only just a little bit of panel creasing, so nothing really very critical. Uh, but uh, yeah, got the, got the car back on there and put some fresh tyres on, and uh, got Jack out there in the cool of the afternoon, like the very very end of the day, as the light was going down, and the track temperature was way over 50 degrees. You know, when we were there during the day, so it was sort of it didn't really make a lot of different, lot of lot of point to sort of go out there and spend you know lap 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 lap. You know, do five laps, come back, have a bit of a think about it, and, and then go on from there. And um, yeah, so that was an effective sort of um, effective day. Uh, what else was going on there? Oh, well, yes, a large transporter turned up and there was Go Go Gadget Man Damien White turned up um, to actually take delivery of uh, Daisy, which was the um, Alan Gurr and um, da- uh, uh, Fabian Coulthard's oh, yeah. uh, Paul Morris car, which has been sold to Damien. Um, and uh, Damien put his, uh, his put him, got himself in the car and he was, it was, very, he was good. He was on the money. And um, comparable times to Jack. Again, I wouldn't. I'm not about to, to talk about yep. his times, um, but um, 
all very good considering he hadn't driven the car and he got in. It, it's a nice piece of engineering, and you know Paul was there to, you know, and his en- and his engineering crew uh, to um to to help out. Paul flew in his in the in the the Cirano helicopter. On, it's actually a very nice helicopter, but it's a uh, yeah. Well, it looks very small when it's getting dark. I <laughs> bet <laughs> it does too. Yeah. Um, so, so other, other than that, it was a good was, day then. Yeah, it was a good day, and uh, to, uh, Jack was happy. Yeah, Jack was happy. I was happy. And um, I think next thing what we'll do is we'll, we'll put him in a Ford and let him have a try of that. No, yep. just as a frame of reference to see what he would, you know, which sure. chassis he liked, yep. and decided yep. where we'd be going with that. Um, plenty of time left yet to uh, put all the all the things in place for that. Um, and um, then about uh, it was about four thirty that uh, Wayne Park turned up with uh, with, with one of his um, mechanical guys, uh, Aaron, who had uh, done some stuff at Mount Buller Sprint Win. And um, the, uh, the 2003 Bathurst 24-hour uh, winning Monaro that uh, no, none other than Pete Brock had driven, fronted yeah. up, which is now owned by mm. um, Rob Sherrard, uh, oh, to Rob be shaken down before it uh-huh. ships itself off to New Zealand to run Target New Zealand. Mm. And uh, that's good. Uh, Robbie's a nice bike, and yeah, he's one of the right. one of the finance guys. And so he's not taking the uh, Virgin Airlines <coughs> in Australia, Virgin Blue. And so there you go. Yeah, very good. Uh, that, yeah, the car looks as schmick as as usual, and um, you know, big lazy four twenty seven where you just cruise around and bed the brakes in and all that sort of stuff. It was just it just installation stuff. I think they were pretty much. So, so has he only just bought that car? No, he's had it for a while now. <laughs> oh, and, uh, right. I was just interested that he's suddenly using that for. Uh, uh, tarmac rallying rather than the uh, the good old GT40 that he seems. Well, he's got a GT40, and he's got the RS200, and then he's got olives in the mouth fuse. <laughs> Sorry, Linda. Um, he's got something else. He's going to run at Buller in a few weeks' time. <laughs> Definitely olives, and it's one of those big green buggers, viewers. Well, that, that is a gnarly pit. Hang on. <laughs> right, you can carry on now. Something else he's going to run a buller. Yeah, uh, speaking of running something else, um, <laughs> well, Jack and I have been trying to get, we're not so much trying, but we've just run out of time getting the, the Ford Piranha that we've got yeah, on the, not on the west. No, not the short, short time frame, you know, we want to get a floating axle in and all this sort of stuff and get a fat engine. But so uh, it's a little bit um, a little bit short notice, so we're going to run uh, Eric Stanford's uh, yellow XY, which oh, is right. uh, we're running in the Bianchi series. Yeah. So Eric's kindly um, offered that car, so... We'll be doing that up the hill. Yeah, that'd uh, be cool. But that'd be very much a crowd pleaser, in, in, definitely. In, indeed, you know, with the, with 500 horsepower and yeah. you know, the things just about doing 300 clicks down the <laughs> down down the chute at Bathurst anyway. So uh, that should be, you know, should be a pretty entertaining sort of um, episode. Well, it's probably a good uh, good idea that they've they've moved the uh, the timing of the Mount Buller Sprint now back to uh, no is it November or October this year? And our first weekend in November, I think fourth yeah. till seventh, and that of last year when it was uh, in the stinking heat of January. Well, you know. It was simply because the road was lifting. Well, I know, but I mean, can you imagine what that bloody Ford would be doing if it was going up there? <laughs> They'd be lifting more tarmac <laughs> off the road than you could poke a stick at. I mean, but to, to be fair, you know, we're also busy running around doing one thing or another, you know, like, it's almost like, you know, here you are, the, the, what I felt was the beauty of the Buller timing was everyone was relaxed. It was the last period. event. Yeah. It was the last event, or, or, or the first event of the year, but mm. it was the last thing you did before... You um, 
You went back to the office because yep. pretty much you just took all of January off. Yeah. And and we was relaxed and it was sociable. Whereas this is now sort of you know you're fitting it in here and mm. we're, we're fitting in. We just get back from Indy and then we've got a weekend off and then we do that and then we have a, a weekend off and then we do the final round of years and, and so on like that and then we've got the you know, supercar finals. And blah, blah, yeah, blah, it's all blah. going. <coughs> from next week, it's just absolute madness, really, right through to almost Christmas. It is. Christmas will be here before we know. It. I'm talking about uh, not total madness. Um, Total madness. <laughs> Peter Brock Raceway, I hear. <laughs> plans come dropped out of the blue, viewers. Absolutely. Um, I, I, look, I haven't heard a damn thing about it. I've only heard about it and read it uh, today in auto fiction, so, like, you know, give them credit yeah. where it's due. We're, we're not plagiarising their uh, content, but no, at the end not. of the day, but, uh, they're just, up with it. Yeah, they've, uh, they've run this article this week about Peter Brock Raceway. And. Um, it's uh, apparently uh, been put together by the man who uh, built the Best Western uh, Mount Panorama Resort, um, which is... Uh, a notch down from the height. Well, yeah, a notch down from the height, but still pretty schmick. And uh, very, very interesting concept. Uh, it's really a you know, purpose-built motor racing circuit in what is currently the car park used uh, when, the, uh, when the Bathurst races on... Where Bathurst 500 is on. Bathurst 500? What is the matter with you? Sorry, thousand. Are you alright? You're giving us nothing. I'm, You're giving us half I'm, of I'll everything. Oh, shut up. Um, <laughs> so, viewers, like... I'm, I'm having a flashback. It's okay, viewers. I'll just give you a quick <coughs> rundown on how the track looks, okay? So, you're basically... I you, you, you basically start-finish line, as you'd expect. And when you go you go past the mountain straight, and there's a bit of a runoff area, which is which is there, you know, naturally. Um, basically, you go into that runoff area and then turn a, a right-left sort of kink. Uh, and up a bit and then turn right and that it almost looks like it's following what is the dirt road that would follow through the car park yes, area I think you'll and it sort of basically turns right at about 110 degrees and then another 45 uh, uh, 45 degree or 30 degree kink turning right which is basically now we're almost now yeah, parallel back, back, back with, the, with, the, with the back big 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 straight and then um, a hard uh, hard right hander and then into a left hairpin and and then out and back round and for a bit of a wiggle sort of around the area that would uh, be the entrance gates yep to that which basically then wiggles up to a bit of a chicane and back into in, in and joining the track just a little bit past the entrance to Murray's yes it is uh, and because then if you look there mate that would be where the yep. uh, the the yeah Mount Panorama Museum, Museum is yep. Museum. yep. so uh, Museum yeah yes. and, and over here up here <coughs> turn three and turn four is where uh, the the university accommodation yes. is and where I stayed there within the 24 hours I'm very very convenient to be able to do that so look mm, hey let's hope it happens and um, it's good that it'll be, be great if it's, if it's called that yeah would be yeah yeah fantastic okay what else you got what else have I got oh uh, mate I uh, rang up and made a complaint to Apple today uh, yeah, it did. Uh, you'll be getting a phone call shortly. Just about oh, yeah. that bloody thing that <laughs> they, they, I can't they get fixed. <laughs> yeah, so. Another run on Petonium Park. Well, you know... You know, we had a chat about that this morning. Who? Me and Damo. We were talking about something else. And Damo thought he had a copyright on the word unobtainium. And I said, I'm sorry, buddy, but... Me and Hardy have been using that word, and, and, and I got it from someone. I got it from for, I got it from Phil Alexander back yeah. in the in the uh, in the early nineties. Uh, was was my was my recollection of when it first started. And just before you, you go on with that, I've got to say that one of the one of the guys who's actually had, had was looking after the car for Paul Morris, um, who's Racer Industries. 
is yeah. is Ryan McLeod, who's Peter McLeod's son from the the Group C days when he ran oh, the gee. the Slick Fifty car. <laughs> So, you know, there you go. It's a, it's a small industry. Oh, isn't it? Small industry. Right. It's small land. You can just look at the site. But it's the same in football, isn't it? You know, they, they, all sorts of sports. Oh, yeah. It's, it's family the, heritage. The intermixing and the family heritage is just amazing. Intermixing. Yeah, you know about that. Intermixing. Intermixing. Whoa. Not a good <coughs> word. Like unobtainable. Anyway, yeah. Going on, Damo. And so, yeah, no, so Damo thought he had a copyright on the word unobtainable. I just had to put him straight and tell him that you and I have probably been using it since, well, I mean, what's Damo? He's only... He's only a young pup, so we would have been using it probably since he was eight years old. Yes. So, you know. Yeah, well, I have to say, like, I'm, I'm slowly, the, the love affair is wearing off with Apple. I mean, look, the products are great, but, and when we've been through this, and we know I want to go through, the little, through it again and again, but, you know, from a professional point of view, it's driving me crazy, you know. I need to use my oh, stuff. Oh, sure, I'm and, that's uh, very and, understandable. Um, no answers. Yeah, anyway, moving right along. Moving right along, indeed. Well, they, uh, they it's only um, this time next week. Yeah. We'll be all we'll be camped revved out. up for Bathurst. Camped out and the barbies will be going. Let's yep. hope the weather's going to be good. Mm, well, yeah, indeed. It's uh, it's always a... Uh, but but how many how many years has it been where you get up there on the Wednesday or the Thursday and the weather is spectacular right through till Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, and then come race day, in come those bloody clouds and it pours. Just don't know how. Mind you, <laughs> we're so dry at the moment. It's uh, all over the. I mean, the, the whole of Australia is still in the grip of this huge drought, and uh, they're talking about extra water restrictions. Uh, I heard on the news on the way here that uh, here in South Australia they're going to start the bushfire season on October the 15th or thereabouts, which is two to six weeks, depending on what area you're in, earlier than it normally would be. So uh, maybe there won't be any rain at Bathurst this year. Well, that's right. But, you know, in fact, if all the farmers would, would want would be a wet bathurst. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They'd make them happen. But it's not enough, like, uh, water to go, really. You know, it doesn't go in, does it? When it's been no. dry that long. No, it doesn't. It just runs off. It takes a good soaking rain for a few days, mate. But uh, I've got to get back into the to the Japanese cooking, and I I just thought oh, yeah. you know well well tonight we'll we'll do a race because it was just it was just easy to do, and I just mm. felt and we got Joshy's coming over. Joshy is back from mm. from uh, from back from the US. Of well, he's only back for a few days here, and was actually he brought a whole bunch of people out from the US um, from uh, Outback Steakhouse to try uh, Billy's meat pies at a function in Coogee the other day, a swashed down with Cooper's pale ales. And it Just was the combination we were talking about mate. about three weeks ago. And it's all going very, very well indeed. So uh, I, we would have asked him to be on the, on the show, but he's, he's a bit shy like that, not with the women, unfortunately. I'd rather <laughs> be the other way around. And, um, <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's going so great. He's so he's around for, for dinner? Yeah, so he'll be around for dinner and, and uh, you'll, you'll get the info. And I'll have to uh, harass him when he's around for dinner. So he's got to go shoot straight back to... Um, uh, America on Monday, and then the uh, some of the uh, AFL players are, are flying over there to do oh really a, yeah Promotion? a, a promotional thing along with the, with the Billy's pies yeah I think it's the crows um, oh yeah that'd be crows for Port wouldn't it so I think well it would be if he's coming back to South Australia I guess yeah not that we want to polarise the South Australian no, environment we don't. No, but no, no, uh, no. I think it is going to be the crow bit of a bummer really there isn't it that uh, well, they got knocked out they uh, did get well, knocked yeah. out and the Sydney Swannies are in yeah. and. Uh, well, I mean, I personally, I 
I take You'd a bit go of for the Swannies, No, anyway. I take oh, a bit of enjoyment in that it's a very hollow month in Victoria. Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> the best thing. Yeah, that's the third nightmare in a row, AFL yep. nightmare. Yep, that's right. <coughs> uh, and no V8s at the Grand Prix next year. Hi, far. Those, those Victorians are definitely suffering. Yep. Uh, the, um... Hmm. Only a little one. That's one of good, good little ones. Right, while, while, well, while you're talking with your mouth, so I might as well have a Because it's not nothing beneficial, but uh, a little bit of a rumour today that uh, the Utes will be on the uh, full Vesco program next year. Mm-hmm. Like, um, no, it's only just a rumour. But uh, eight rounds. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool for the that Utes. That'd be very cool. Um, but, uh, you know, everybody, it's funny because everybody's sort of thinking that all the people in the youth are moving on to the next category, but, but they're not. They'll still be there, and, and it's showing that it's a really good feeder, feeder mm. category in its own right, isn't it? I think some of the, there's, some, there's some cost containment coming on now in, in, in supercars. The, the new VE uh, that... Um, oh, that's been testing up at Woomera. Yeah, there was, but there, yeah. nothing, nothing wrong with that. They're allowed to do that. They've, yeah, they've, they've managed to turn that into a look like it's a... It's not a skullduggery uh, exercise. Yeah, they look, make it look like they're bagging Simon Wills mm. and uh, Team Dynamics and area. <laughs> but, you know, that's their nominated aero test centre after um, moving away from one of the airstrips in, in Victoria. Yeah, they were using a... Um, an Air Force or something yeah. airfield, weren't they, I think? They were, but uh, apparently that it's going to cost 50% less to, to build the car um, and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of, lot, of, lot of components that sort of are interchanging. But when they build like a new VE supercar, unless it's actually from brand new, they are really building it on the VZ basis because yep. it's all about the pickup points because <coughs> you can fabricate anything for, as long as the pickup points are retained. So you can put panelling panelling on it to make it look like a VE, but realistically... Underneath it's, it, it's a, it well, could it's even be a converter. Anyway, because isn't, um, isn't the blueprint VY converted? Yeah, but it's also based on wheelbase, and the VE, apparently, the wheelbase of the VE is outside of the blueprint anyway. Mm. So the floor pan they're putting into the VE actually shortens the wheelbase, uh, the wheelbase back to the blueprint specs. But remember that they are going for a homologation. Yep. And so that, that, that would mean that there would be some alternate changes along with that. And um, who knows what happens from there. Interesting. But, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's good to see. Cool. Now, while we're talking about um, building cars and building new cars, I, uh, I noticed that um, one of the big heavy-duty dudes from Subaru has been uh, admitting that uh, this year's WRC car is uh, a lot less than was desirable and uh, has finally admitted that, yes, it has been plagued by a whole heap of bugs and um, maybe even last year's car wasn't actually that flash. Um, so they're, they're basically sort of saying, well, they're, they're working backwards from, uh, from this year's car and going through everything, uh, basically a tear-apart type of uh, deal to um, suss out exactly all the things that really are awful. Well, that's uh, a lot of basic so things, isn't it? So they, can make a, so they can make something better for next year, which is, uh, you know, all credit to them for actually admitting that, yes, it's a dog. Um, let's just hope they can do something to make it competitive. Look, I think, you know, you've got to put that into perspective. The cars are obviously beautiful pieces of engineering anyway. It's just like, you know, when you're, t- when you're chasing that that, that, that uh, tenth of a second here and a tenth of a second there and, and the ability to be able to drive it and um, you know, make it consistent over a stage. Well, you know, that that's a very, very hard, uh, 
hard thing to do. And um, I was just noticing there was a uh, just last night, just turn the TV on, like, and there was a you should go up and knock Was a um, <laughs> was, like was a uh, was the show that uh, Road to Le Mans. Oh, and yeah. there was the um, the creation prototype that uh, Fiona Miller, who uh, used to do the panels PR, is now looking after and oh, yeah. up with Fiona and Paul at uh, at Spa, and they were chasing the, the 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 car just wasn't you know just wasn't performing on in in suspension. They just didn't know where they were going. So there they went and they said the next shot was it was sitting on a four poster rig. They're very much in. International Paulie's office, with the guy there who, who really knows how to do, um, you know, analyse the data off this, and it is extremely difficult data to analyse, and nothing made any sense, and it came down to one small arm, of, you know, a, a five, $500 arm, right. um, you know, nice, beautifully engineered, but basically the, the thing was either slightly bent, or it was just the ratios were wrong or something was wrong and the data was just thrown out so far and so you know taking this in the in in the same context as Subaru it's just there's so many things yeah. how can you analyze this and obviously you know the, it, it is a non-linear um, uh, cost and amount of energy to improve like 0.1 of a second yeah. each time yeah. obviously so you know, yeah, I mean, I think the other thing too that Subaru probably tried to do this year was they actually tried to be a bit too clever and, and, and incorporate too many new supposedly improved features on the car. Um, and, and yeah, they got themselves into that, into that mess where instead of incrementally uh, introducing, all right, we'll try this this week and then we'll try that next week, suddenly they had all these new features and it's it's then impossible to track which one of all those new things is the thing that's actually letting you down. So, uh, yeah, that'd be interesting to see what they do next year, that's for sure. Tech, what's going on in tech? I've got one thing for you in tech. <coughs> yes. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not on the Apple bag thing this week. I sound like I'm going to be, I'm going to be Ashley'd out of the place. Well, I'm, I'm getting a bit worried here now. What are you going to whinge about? What are, you, had, what are you whinging about now, Johnny? Remember how we've had such a, like, I've had no problems with iTunes 7. Yep. It just continuously now quits all the time and it, it doesn't import things it took uh, eight bounces of the thing to, to run up and 90 seconds sitting there i moved it on to moved it on to a different machine same result it's just i don't know what it is but um it's obviously they're going to be coming up with a patch and yeah they the, are they're the, coming up the with patches very rapidly apparently wild with this sort of stuff but you wonder about how to you know a bit like you know, it's been like all the all the most advanced testing you can do in labs, much like with Subaru, but when yeah. you go out in the, the real, real world, world, totally different. Exactly, yep. and and it's about how do people interact with it and what else, like the the the, the yeah. combination and all the variables that don't get accounted for when they're actually testing the bloody thing in the lab. And I um, remember going uh, to a, a one year at the Apple Developers Conference there in in San Jose. In, in California, going into a, a, the Adobe building yep. to uh, catch up with some people there, and they took me through the testing lab, and it was like it was this huge, huge long corridor with like three or four um, levels of computers. Every computer you could possibly have ever seen delivered in the world, just <laughs> doing a compatibility test on it. You know, I wouldn't want to be working in that lab because <laughs> there'd be nothing good coming out of it, would it? You know, <laughs> they're there to find, uh, excuse me, viewers, to find a fault. Yeah, but I mean, how often do you see that? Though? I mean, Quark have always been famous for that. Oh, we'll bring out a new version, and within three months, there's a point one, because 
all of the beta testing and all of the delta testing that all of their uh, their developers do and all the seed copies that they throw out to all these people to work it in the real world until it gets in the hands of the punters you don't know what the problems are going to be that's right and what do you got there mate a boot I was just going to show you some of the stuff that I've been messing around with. I've got back into my, my teppanyaki days because I used to love you doing used to be You used to always go off about teppanyaki. Oh, mate, and I just go, now what I'm doing is I'm going to be, I'm, I'm looking around, I'm going, to, I'm going to make myself or buy myself a teppanyaki arrangement. You know when you go out to dinner and you're yep. chucking the eggs and stuff like that? Not just a little one on the table, but I'll show you, I'll tell the viewers how they can actually do a little one on the table on their own. But you know those ones with stain, big stainless steel mm. top and everyone's around the side and, and the sake actually sits there to keep warm and they're cooking little prawns in the corner and this over there. The beauty of that stuff is, it's like, you know, it's a game. People love to share food, people like to, you know, the game of it and people like to play with hot chilli sauces. But stainless steel is beautiful because it localises the heat so you can cook something really fast in one spot and a few inches away you can cook it really, really, mm-hmm. really, really, uh, really, really slow. Yeah, because you don't get that same spread of heat that you do through no, the, the cast iron plate exactly. or whatever. Exactly, right. yeah. And it's, a, it's a really quite, a, quite an art form. But um, the way you can do it at home, viewers, and, uh, is to go out and get yourself one of those like Breville, Breville cooktops. You know, they're 100 bucks. Electric things. Yeah, I know what yeah, you mean. About, yeah. you know, what, uh, 18 inches long mm-hmm. and about 6 or 8 inches wide. Go and go and get, go and get do that. So you can cook on top of that, but what you can do a bit better is go down to like someone like a good quality Bunnings and get yourself a really nice piece of hard marble and put it on top because you must have heard of the stone grills that mm-hmm. are around. All you need to do is put that on there, let it heat up for about an hour and cook off the stone. Or you could even take it off the stone off and put it on a wire rack and cook off that. Hmm. So what you need to do in terms of the food, go and get some green prawns, yeah, you know, um, cut the heads off, but yeah. don't take, but take the abdomen out underneath, which is just the legs and the little body. If you snick, snick the knife underneath the head and pull it back, you'll, you'll find it if you have a look in a Japanese. Everything's online. Ask, Go yeah. online and look to ship, work out how to do teppanyaki. You'll find it out. Just Google up. Can't tell everyone everything. Um, <laughs> some fillet steak. Because it's going to be quick, 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 quick. Yep. Um, some chicken fillet oh, and oh. Uh, some w- nice white fish. Don't recommend like doing calamari and octopus. It doesn't seem to work quite as well. And you need some dipping sauces, um, sesame and light soy. Now my my reference, my best uh, recommendation on light soy is Pearl River. Don't buy it from a supermarket. Go to your Chinese stores and you'll find it there. If you, it's a big bottle, maybe 1.25 liters. If you're paying over three dollars, you're paying too much, right? And that's uh, that is really the stuff you don't want that thick, heavy. So you go stuff. down to Chinatown, basically wherever you are, oh, whatever totally. city you're in, wherever Chinatown is, get down to the greengrocers there. That's Unless right. you've got a local Chinese green and uh, uh, Chinese grocer. If you, if you don't have a Chinese girlfriend or a Japanese girlfriend, Chinese girlfriend, whatever. Don't looks the yep. same, but it's not. Um, true. <laughs> Japanese, we're talking here, aren't we? Take them with you because they'll be able to help you with the translation. <laughs> And the other thing to remember about the Chinese is that they don't celebrate Christmas. So if you go, look, bugger that, I've had a gutful of doing the stuff with mum and dad, go to Chinese for Christmas. That's right. But if no one's there, (laughs) (laughs) it's great. You know, they go, oh, it's everything's shut. Mm. Isn't it funny how, like, when people stock up quick, you know, it's Good Friday or the big... What is it with people, like, they're going to die if they can't go shopping for one day? Yeah, of course. Unbelievable. Oh, it's just so much to get when you got all the rallies coming round. 
Just tell them to meet you in the local Chinese restaurant. Meet, meet, meet. Be adventurous, viewers. We could, maybe we should do a, 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 a cooking school, JP. <laughs> you know, or with, uh, maybe turn radio it hot lap radio hot school. Lap around the Teppanyaki <laughs> Barbecue School and we can get a few people in. I'm sure they'd pay thousands of dollars just to, to hear our crap. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's a good book. And the book I've got here Japanese is Japanese uh, cooking. Step, step by step Japanese cooking. Um, it was given to me uh, as an early engagement present, and um, oh obviously the ice cream was torn out. The dogs had to chew of it, and um, but the interior is fine. Well, I never, I didn't used to call her a dog, but uh, <laughs> she's gone now. Okay, it is ISBN zero eight six eight two four two three five. Seven, published by McDonald and Co. Step by step. Yeah, but where's the copyright date? What's the what's the date there? It was book uh, 1985. 1985. That would have been out of print and in print and out of print and reprint and blah blah blah. blah Shut up. So there you go. Right. Absolutely. You're on. Am I? I'm having a glass of wine. Oh, that's all right for you. My beer's nearly gone. Never mind, eh? I'm sure I'll uh, manage to uh, talk about something else now. There was something else I wanted to talk about. Well, you haven't thought about what you want to talk about, so obviously you've got nothing to talk about, JP. Well, that's not very nice of you, Johnny. You set me up then. No, well, mate, it doesn't really matter, because in it the does. meantime... You're right. There's been a... on the door, and uh, Josh is here. Hello, mate. How are you, Josh? How are you going? Good. He's come back to eat a few, uh, a few Pringles and a right. few, few, few local... Uh, a few local delicacies that you can't get in the US. <coughs> These are good, good, good. Hey, what's it like to be back from the US? Been a bit of a uh, long stint over there for you. <laughs> You've been sucking <laughs> a Corona down. Five <laughs> percent more. <laughs> Mexicana. Yeah, yeah. Espanol. Yeah. Oh, it's really good. Um, miss the folks, the family, the food, the friends, the life. Yeah, miss it a lot. But, um, Things are going good over there for yeah, you. Like we talked a little bit before about uh, pies, and I didn't think you'd be around here to talk on the show. And I know you're, know you're a bit of a, bit of a quiet achiever there on, the, on that behalf, but not so much with the, uh, the G I R L S. But anyway, uh, yeah, mate, so just in your own <laughs> words, tell us, tell us, well, your latest Blackberry, that's going good. But uh, tell us, tell us how it's really all going over there, and what's you going on with the new TV project. Okay, well, with the with the pies, um, it's, it's been a you know a long long thing coming. We've been working really hard on it. Um, we've got a lot of uh, leads and a lot of um, things, but we just uh, signed a national contract with the U.S. Food Service over there, so that's pushing forward. And we've got a lot of containers on the water um, to get over there, so uh, we should um, have national penetration quite soon. But um, you know, the Americans are really liking it. We just got to get them to eat our tomato sauce instead of their yuck crap ketchup. <laughs> it was funny, I remember when I was over with you there in, in California, we came across uh, one bunch that actually had decided to fry the pie mm-hmm. um, and deliver it upside down because they felt that was the way to do it. Well, she was immediately sent off to Sierra Leone um, and uh, with a haircut and, uh, well, that's, uh, it's not real good, but how, how have you been with, like, has there been really any weird experiences like that with people, you know, do they know what to do yeah, with They don't of, know what a pie is, but no, no, a, a lot of the people get the pie and they look at it and they uh, start tearing it apart, ripping the lid off it and just mucking around with it and they make it look like it's a dog's breakfast and uh, then they go, I don't really want to eat it because they just get put off by it, so... Uh, 
Yeah. So you have to just teach them to pick the thing up yeah. and actually just take a bite of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's basically it. So <laughs> you can't do anything about it. Child education all over yeah, it. And uh, you know how we, we we you know chuck the sauce bottle in it straight, you know, plunge it in and just go. Yep. They uh that just doesn't <coughs> turn them on at all. So um. Well, I think it's unhygienic, even if the sauce bottle hasn't been anywhere else. Something to do with that. I, I just yeah. said that it's nothing quite like getting scalded like by burning yeah. hot sauce. <laughs> that's, <right. laughs> that's an Australian experience in itself when you're at the footy and it's minus four exactly. and you've uh, just dived into your pie and you've been absolutely scalded by sauce and you're like... And it doesn't matter if you're scalded by sauce because in Australia you've always got a beer to wash it, a cold beer to wash it down with anyway. And this is right. And yeah, there's, plenty of, there's plenty of beer in the States. Well, mate, we've got beer in, the, in America now, Australian beer in America, and we've yeah. got uh, a pies in America and uh, thanks to you, they're, they're, they're being distributed all over the place. How about a bit of Australian motorsport in America, and how do you reckon we could fit that all in together? I know you've got some thoughts on that. What do you what, tell the viewers? What you think, mate? Well, uh, currently we're uh, just finalising agreements with um, buying content in a in a from Australia and uh, setting up an Australian television uh, station over in America, and that's uh, going to be named uh, Oz TV. So that's a quite exciting um, little uh, piece of um, real estate that we're working on and um, virtual real estate so yeah. will, that just, will that just become like another channel on if you subscribe to on satellite yeah blah, blah. basically yeah. yeah satellite or cable services and um, just exclusively australian content 24 7 that's it yeah that's it so Fantastic. we're looking you know um you know afl v8 supercars yeah v8 utes um you know and cricket all top sports and you know dramas, fishing shows like Rex Hunt, um, yeah, well, everything. <coughs> I must say, when I was in the when I was back in the UK in uh, in June, um, on the I can't remember what the who the TV I think it's Sky over there. Yep, Sky, um, yeah, that's great. And Sky, I've got a lot of Australian uh, what would you call them sort of lifestyle them. series like ha- uh, houses for sale and. Yeah. Uh, you know, revamp your garden and all this sort of stuff happening yep. over there. Yep. So I reckon that'd go off in the states. No, definitely, definitely. So it's just the uh, Americans have got a perception of Australians, and uh, it's the perception that they've made of the, of Australians of themselves. And um, I just want to really give them the real Australia and show them what we're made of. And um, I think we've got a uh, we're going to slide into a nice little niche market there mm. and um, get some real support. Um, we've got a lot of support from. All the local Australian businesses, such, um, such as you know Qantas and and so on, and um, yeah, no, it's really exciting mm, times and a great uh, idea. We want to take Australia to the world. It's uh, it's good to hear that you're getting a lot of penetration in America, and I know you get plenty in California. But uh, <laughs> yeah. can you say that yeah. uh, in terms of uh, pie and uh, and, oh, right. and we're talking market penetration? But, uh, you know, like yeah, I it, thought you were it, talking about mm. permeation in in in, uh, in wood. When they, you know, when they permeate it with a permapine, you know, perma- yeah, but that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Get, getting your wood out. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know I love it. Deep and, hard, deep and hard's my motto. <laughs> and uh, just like the van, in fact, uh, Josh took me down to um, to San Diego and we, we ran into, I think I mentioned it on an earlier show, but we, we ran into a bunch of people down there who have taken, from the west of Australia, who have basically um, <coughs> put their, um, you know, their, their pens on their checkbooks and spent uh, almost five million US to build up a um, an Australian themed hotel, as we would know. But they didn't want to call it a hotel, even though they did, because people would want to know where the accommodation was, just around the corner oh, from the main um, uh, the ballpark yeah, in the gas lamp local gas lamp quarter down there, which is a uh, what uh, Americans are calling right now 
some of the most prime real estate in in America. It's a very up and coming city, San Diego. Um, it's exciting. We've got our, our pies in there and our beer, and um, they're only using Australian uh, fish and meat, and it's it's just quite exciting. It's a very big um, place, and it should be launching in the next couple of weeks in October. So um, going uh, flying back to the states for that and launching, and uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a lovely spot down there. We've got barbie. Really? Can you throw throw a shrimp on the barbie, as uh, as Hose <laughs> would say? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one another misconception that Americans have about Australians. So we're going to uh, dispel that, and uh, we're going to put sh- uh, we're going not shrimp, nearly, no, did, uh, nearly prawns. prawns. That's Don't right. Prawns. We're going to make them pay to cook. That's right. And like the apes, because it's, a, it's one of the greatest pleasures of life. Whereas I think American culture is very much based around the fact that, like, why? What you know? It's service oriented, isn't it? <clears throat> Correct. Yeah, no, they uh, they love love the service, and whereas in Australia we come to the bar to get our beers and buy our beers and do that, whereas over there they just sit around and have a waitress come around and, and wait on them, and it, the experience goes out of the half the fun in drinking is going and waiting at the bar, yeah. talking to the publican, talking to the other yeah. people waiting yeah. at the bar, all that chatting stuff. up a chick, <laughs> telling her how much money you've got and what cars you've got. Tell her what a great job she's doing and how particularly hot she's looking this yeah, afternoon. Right. Yeah, 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 thank yeah, you, Josh, for those lessons. You did a super job, by the way, Johnny. Super. <laughs> <laughs> you just keep those yeah. guys to yourself. Yeah. You know you like it. Uh, and you want it. And the <laughs> you need it. Don't act like you're not impressed. I've lost my train of thought. Oh, well, let's do Shake and Bake, baby. Well, you must <laughs> be uh, Shake and Bake. Will Ferrell. I... Coming back here to Australia after being away for you know six months and, and the second sort of six month stint mm-hmm. there, how do you find the fact that you just go in and you know you, you, there's a piece of food and you know it's seven dollars and, and you just pay for it and you get it and there's, there's no how are you today and there's no tipping and there's no is it refreshing or do you how do you feel about it? No, I feel I feel great about it and the fact that I feel that the food's going to taste exactly how I know it's going to taste is an exciting uh, fact. In America, when you when you buy something, you're not sure if it's actually going to taste like you know. You buy a chicken, it might not taste like chicken, because <laughs> a lot of the stuff is gene- genetically modified over there, and um, you know you've got to pay through the nose if you want to. But apart a- apart from the, the taste, it's just you know the that the sort of don't don't you? I, I found it after a while a little bit tiring the whole exercise of actually eating out. Oh yeah, definitely. For for Australians, we've got four conversion processes. I think we've got to go. We've got to go. Um, oh, oh, oh. Convert from 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 Australian into American, mm-hmm. and then add the tip, add the the, the tax, and then add the tip. Sorry, mm-hmm. three conversion prices. Yeah. Well, no, the fourth is converting from uh, getting your salad before your meal. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Would you like super salad with that, sir? <laughs> Simultaneously. Not to mention being called sir. That that's just that just shits me to tears. Yeah, yeah. That's every time I say, listen, my name's Josh, and don't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> Except that waiter at Chai Venus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he can go blow goats. He can. He can. Oh, we're getting an explicit tag from Steve Jobs this week. We will this week, yeah. Oh. We'll, we'll be in the nah, office. Nah, Josh, you're okay. Please excuse me. Nah, that's, that's all right. Have hey, you just been over there for a while? No, I've just lost my mind. Ah, okay. <laughs> do the Coronas taste any better here than they do over there? No, it's still the same Mexican crap. It. <laughs> 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 we had some souls the other day, and they were all right. Yeah, souls were all right. Actually, I saw them on special at BWS last week. About forty bucks for twenty-four. One thing is that we do get stiffed on. 
here in Australia is the price of our alcohol compared to America. The government uh, taxes us quite hard for our favourite pastime because they know that we love it and we need it and we, we want it. So they know that we were addicted to it, so they hit us hard at on the hip pocket on that. So They don't tie it like to the uh, the GDP of each state either. You know, when no. some of the states are a little bit poorer than the others and some are, some are richer, then maybe it could fluctuate. But obviously, you know, just the other day, we last week we went out and, and we did yep. the thing down the road there and we got bought two tap beers and it was like over $10. And I mean, you know, it's only 10 bucks, but you're going... Ten bucks, like to other yeah, people, yeah. ten bucks for two small tap beers. This yeah. is it was like an outrageous amount of money. Tap beers, two fifty in the states. Yeah, but mm, yeah, it is. Tip. But you know, it's pretty undrinkable stuff. No, it's it's, it's definitely you know, Yarra Yarra River water, is it? Yeah, Yarra River. Yeah, Yarra. Yeah, Yarra. Or Torrance. <laughs> 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 Unless it's Torrance, it's clean. Okay, so coming up uh, next week, we've got Bathurst in uh, two weeks after that. We've got Indy, just a little quick quick recap. In the last week, uh, our uh, good friend Alan Simonson had uh, the final round of the Le Mans Endurance yeah. Series in, in Spain, and Harama, and I'm pleased to tell you he uh, got the car home uh, without a DNF to come second in the GT2 category directly behind the panels. Uh, to take a podium, um, and that's a really good thing for him to be able to, you know, every, every event that f- from the year has been a mechanical problem, and for him to come home at the last race of the year um, before and he... And prove what he really could have been doing all year without all the mechanical issues and everything else. Well, his teammate Mark Lieb and um, uh, Joel Kamais had won the, uh, were the champions, uh, Joel actually winning the, winning the title. Uh, Mark Lieb had had some points taken off him because he was deemed to be sitting in the car too long at Spa at the second round um, but you know that's great because you know it's like anything in motorsport you only remember the last thing you did not exactly. a few before that, that, that so that would be a nice boost of confidence for Al before he comes out for the Bathurst absolutely and I uh, uh, know that uh, he'll be he'll be pumped as he uh, cruises in for a couple of nights sleep before cruises up to, to Bathurst next week and I was hoping you'd be able to be here, Joshy, but I believe you've got to go back. But uh, you know Alan well, and um, um, he's uh, looking forward to um, Club uh, 88 at uh, at, uh, at Indy. Sure, it's Club 88. Yeah, well, he goes back twice. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. 44 yeah. plus 44. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Please excuse me, I'm not very good at <laughs> mental arithmetic. <laughs> <laughs> or the manners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, um, no, so no, no, old um, Alan, he gives me a call quite frequently in, a, in America to drop a line and tell me how good he is. <laughs> hey, he is good. Well, viewers, on that note, Josh, thanks for dropping in and I'm glad you're, you're going to stay for dinner and have a roast, crispy roast pork. Hopefully, if it's well done. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no, I forgot. Oh. I forgot that. He ate it. Oh, he'd be well done. He'll get the well done for him. Don't worry, we'll, we'll get the well done anyway. It was well done the you other week. Mr. Crispy, they're coming out to play with you. Yeah, today. Mr. Crispy's fine. That won't be a problem. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll do what we did last time and just uh, slice off all the crackling and whack it back in the oven. We will whack it back in the oven. And it'll uh, be crunchy as. Yep. Uh, go will not be a problem. Hope you'll enjoy that. All right, mate. Uh, best right. luck of everything back in the States. Uh, look forward to coming over and seeing you over there again. Maybe I can get a key to the apartment this time so I don't have to be locked in. <laughs> and, hey, uh, they don't call the, the pie cave for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the dungeon. <laughs> All right, thanks, Josh. And JP, mate, uh, thanks for being on the show again this week. Thanks, Johnny. It's been uh, great to be here as usual. We, have, we, uh, we haven't done a lot of gadget stuff this week, but there's really not a lot of gadget stuff to talk about. No, so well, I just sort of kept my mouth shut. I've got a new Blackberry. Oh, yeah, you have, Josh. How's your new Blackberry? Tell us about that. 
Oh, is that the new, new one? This is the new one. They're, they're ah. And they've got a picture of my girlfriend on there. Don't tell anybody that. Oh, give us a look. Yeah. She's a dog. Oh, she looks like that girl in that picture that was dropped on the supermarket on my way here. <laughs> oh, no, she doesn't. Sorry. That was the wrong photo. Oh, she's, uh, she's <laughs> very neat, sweet, man. Josh. Yes. Quite a cool keyboard. Full keyboard. Yeah. Quite a nice piece of uh, technology there with the instant um, email for all your email addresses. Holds up to seven email addresses so you can be on the, on the go all the time and keep the business uh, cranking worldwide. Okay, so this is BlackBerry by Singular as the provider. What do you pay for that in the US and what do you get for your money? In the US I paid uh, about two ninety nine for the for the um, BlackBerry phone itself and then I'm on a 24-month contract. Um, I pay about 130 bucks a month and I get $2,500 worth of calls. Uh, <laughs> A minute, sorry, two and a half um, thousand so minutes. So even though you're on a contract, you still have to pay $300 up front. That's it's right. Like it's a, a small amount of money up front for the device, and then you're on 24 months. That's before. right, but the BlackBerry is worth, if you wanted to buy it outright, nearly $2,000. So Right, okay. Um, with the contract, it does um, quite considerably subsidised. So. And that can that includes like uh, as much data as you want. That's right. Um, unlimited data, unlimited internet, in internet access, and so if you want to call me in Australia from that phone, um, what sort of charges? Um, from from America or from Australia? From America. From America to Australia, it's it's, it's about uh, twenty two cents a minute. To a fixed or mobile? To a fixed and mobile. Right. Gee, that's all right. Um, Certainly a lot better. So, no, uh, American. Um, Cell phones, I should say, mobile phones that for all your Australian listeners out there. Yeah. Cell phones for the rest of the world. Um, the rates are there are quite quite reasonable, and uh, we sort of get a bit ripped here in Australia. And uh, we certainly do, viewers, and we've been talking about that previously. <laughs> the economy of scale hasn't kicked in here, although maybe it has. But uh, some certain uh, companies, yeah. uh, namely Telstra and blah blah blah, don't want to actually tell anybody about the new business models that are available to people, so they'd rather keep everyone in the dark. But um, recently we've gone, everyone's starting to use voice over IP. So yes. let's say, we all, you're all getting Skype, raped. Baby Skype. You're Skype. All, all getting raped, exactly, yeah. Skype, mm. uh, Skype Wireless. Yeah, oh, she's a hottie. Yep. yep, yep. She looks just like the other girl, but that's another photo of her. I like to have the same looking girl every time. You know that, John. <laughs> Absolutely. I've never <laughs> seen you with a different one. girl, ever. Well, on that note, good night, viewers. Good night, viewers. Close your eyes and kiss me.